0: Porn Free Radio, Episode 77, Seven Deadly Excuses. Guys, before we get into today's episode, I want you to go to PornFreeRadio.com slash contribute. That's com slash contribute. That's where you can set up an account to be a donor of Porn Free Radio. And each month, you'll be reminded of your commitment to be Porn Free This will help us get the message out, get the podcast out. Hosting podcasts, making podcasts takes time and money. And I want to invite you to be a partner with me in doing this show. So go to pornfreeradio.com slash contribute. That's pornfreeradio.com slash contribute to keep Porn Free Radio on the air each week. All right, let's get ready to do the show. I'm amped today. As always... Let's do this. Welcome to Porn Free Radio. This is the podcast where motivated guys who want to quit looking at porn, get hope, and take action. Even if you feel lost right now or out of control, you can recover and live a meaningful life, free from shame and full of love. Now here's your host, coach, and podcaster, Matt Dobbschutz. All right, guys. Welcome back to Porn Free Radio. You know, I'm excited about today's show. I got an announcement uh, that I'm really uh, amped to talk about, and uh, I also got a fun show. I got, I got an idea for a show over the weekend. I was watching a movie that maybe you saw a few years ago, and I'm going to talk just a second about it. It's not a movie that you would think would inspire a porn-free radio podcast, but so you might be surprised. Hang on for that. So let's get to this announcement. I've talked about it the last few weeks, and this is it. This summer is the summer that I'm gonna take dead aim at a problem that faces us all. This is a thing that I hear about week in, week out, and it's one of the major challenges that we have to get over in order to live porn free, and that's relapse. That's right, relapse. We're taking dead aim at relapse this summer. And the way I'm going to do this is a couple of ways. The first thing I'm going to do is launch a free video series starting this week. You can go to pornfreeradio.com slash relapse to sign up to get access to that free video series, which will be kicking off on Wednesday, June 29th. So you want to go to pornfreeradio.com slash relapse to get access to that special free three video series. Now that will launch this week. Now you want to sign up for that. So you get messages and updates on a new course that I'm launching in July. That also has to do with relapse. And so, but you know, this week don't focus on that. Focus on getting that free video training. Go to pornfreeradio.com slash relapse pornfreeradio.com slash relapse Get signed up. These videos are going to help you. They're going to give you a quick win, just with some of the stuff you're struggling with relapse right now. And I really want you to get on that, um, get on those the, those videos. So go ahead and do that. If you have to, do it right now, man. Just jump over on your phone or whatever you're, however you're listening. Jump over to pornfreeradio.com/relapse. Get signed up to get those videos in your inbox. I'll release one a day starting Wednesday this week. And uh, they're going to be great. So do that. And um, man, I look forward to interacting with you uh, just related to relapse because it's going to be a big thing, a big focus for me this summer. All right. So let's get into this episode. So I kind of teased this at the top of the show. I was watching a movie over the weekend. It's a movie from a few years ago. And I'll, I'll just preface this. It's a, it's a movie with some language and it's got some some funny things in it. Um, but it's boiler room and it's, it's kind of a ripoff of Glengarry Glenn Ross a little bit. There's, it's, it's about sales guys and they're selling, um, uh, I think they're in the, the financial industry and they're selling, uh, you know, stocks and bonds and that kind of stuff. Anyway, the thing that stands out to me in this movie is Ben Affleck. He plays this like 27 year old millionaire who trains all these trainees to become these brokers. And he peps them up with these talks, these sort of pep talks. And they're real in-your-face, you know, real machismo, real, real kind of challenging, kind of top alpha dog kind of talks. But he says something in one of the, the, uh, the scenes that just stuck with me. And it, it, it stuck with me for years. And he basically says, on every call, there's a sale that's made. Either you sell the customer and he buys, or he sells you excuse and walks away. And it just stuck with me. The way he says it, I mean, you go go back and listen to it. It's on YouTube. Go back and listen to it. By the way, there is language. So... But that's okay. I mean, golly, we're a we're, we're porn podcast. I mean, we, we look at people having sex uh, all the time. So if, if he drops an F-bomb, I think you can handle it. Anyway, my point is, I was thinking about it for this podcast. I was thinking about it for this podcast. You know, I get on here every week and do a show. And there's a sale made every week on this show. Either you're buying what I'm selling about being porn-free and you're taking action, you're taking the steps, or you're selling me an excuse why you can't change. You're selling me an excuse why you can't change. And so I wanted to list out seven of the most deadly excuses I hear back from the porn-free radio audience. Now, some of these guys uh, email me, Uh, Some of you guys will send me text messages through Twitter or through Facebook Messenger. Sometimes I get on calls with guys who are potential coaching clients, people interested in coaching. Now, the first thing I want to say, I want to make a disclaimer. Now, one of these might sound like you. You might have even told me something like this. But guess what? I'm not thinking of you right now. I am not thinking of one person. These are a conglomeration of excuses that I've heard over the last couple of years. So there's no one person that this is directed to, okay? This is about dealing with excuses. So if you've made one of these excuses, well, that's on you. But it's not about you. I'm not focusing on one person. So I just want to let you know. So don't send me an email. Last time I said something specific about an excuse I heard, I got some emails going, were you talking about me? Okay, I'm not talking about any one person here. But these excuses come up enough that they might sound familiar. So let me get into some of the the most deadly excuses I see people making when it comes to recovery and going porn-free. Now, the first one starts off like this, Matt, um, my wife, stop right there, stop right there. If any of your excuses about why you do porn or why you can't quit porn or why, you know, you can't do coaching or whatever it is, has anything to do with the sentence that starts my wife, you're in trouble because guess what? Your wife is not the one who needs to take responsibility of your porn addiction. Your wife probably did not give you a green light to get addicted to porn. Your wife probably doesn't know the full extent of how addicted you are to porn. So whatever she does or whatever she doesn't do should not go in, should not factor in at all to your commitment to be porn-free. You hear me? So... And here's the, here's the thing. Sometimes guys will talk about their sex life or their lack of sex life, right? And that's a tough issue. That's an intimacy issue. That's a marriage issue. Guess what? Even though sex, you know, and and sexuality is tied to your porn addiction, it's two different tracks. That train with your wife and intimacy and sexual intimacy and relationship—that's one track. Your porn-free track your recovery track, that's another track. Do they affect one another? Sure. If a train jumped off of one track and derailed, it could take out the other train. But the thing is, is there are two different tracks. And so your wife is not an excuse. Your your lack of sex life is not an excuse. Um, You know, your wife, here's another one. Some guys tell me, that they can't really do what they need to do because they can't tell their wife because their wife is so fragile it would kill them that if they if they heard the full extent of their porn addiction guess what that's not a good reason either you know the, it's not a good reason to move forward that you you feel like you should hide this thing and not really do what you need to do to get free because you're worried about hurting her you're hurting her now if you're acting out in secret and hiding things and lying, you're hurting her. Okay? Maybe she's not being traumatized by you disclosing what's really going on, but she's she's hurt. She's hurt by it. So the whole thing about your wife has nothing to do with what you need to do to get free. Okay? So don't start a sentence with my wife. <laughs> that that boy that is driving me nuts when people talk about their wives. All right, so here's the next one. Matt, I'm single and stop right there. Stop right there. It, 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 it sometimes goes into uh, I'm single and I don't have a normal partner for sexual relationship or I'm single so my environment doesn't have any accountability, blah, blah, blah. No. No. Listen, if, you've, if you're if you listening to this show and you're single, guess what? You've probably identified this as an issue in your life, right? I'm not selling you on trying to be porn-free. You probably already have an idea that you want to be porn-free. So whether you're single or not, whether you're divorced, whether your marital status is up in the air, whether you're engaged, whether you had a broken engagement, whether you're 17, whether you're 77, if you're single, that has no it has no um, bearing on being porn-free, okay? It affects it, sure. You might have some different challenges. You might need to get some more accountability and structure in your life. You you might need a roommate. You might need a whole bunch of different things that a married guy doesn't have because he's got sort of a built-in accountability. It's not so much that his wife's holding him accountable, but she's around, right? So he just can't go on his computer whenever he wants or go on his smartphone, there's a consequence. You don't have that. So you might have to add that. But just because you don't have that doesn't mean you can't recover. If anything, you get a chance to recover in an environment where someone else isn't dependent on your recovery. That's right. You're not, you're not under the microscope to recover with your family and your wife and your marriage riding in the balance of how do how you do it. A lot of married guys have their back against the wall. They've messed up enough, they've lied enough that their marriage is hanging on by a thread. And so every step they make, good or bad, forward or back, can have an effect on the future of their relationship. When you're single, you have the freedom to really focus, to really focus on your recovery and focus on getting your needs met in healthy ways that aren't part of a sexual relationship. Which is an awesome opportunity because if you can get good at that being single, if you do get married or get into some partnership in the future, you're going to be much more suited to be a great partner. You're going to be much more suited to be a great husband if you can find balance with your sexuality and boundary with your porn now. Okay, so the fact that you're single, the fact that you're young or old or divorced or whatever doesn't matter. Okay, that should never be a reason why you can't get porn free. All right, here's the third one, and it comes in all shapes and forms, but it basically boils down to this I'm not that bad, right? You have in your head what it looks like to be an addict, right? And for some reason, you let yourself off the hook because of either the type of porn you look at or the frequency, or maybe you don't even look at porn. Maybe you look at something that's not quite porn. It's kind of soft core. It's kind of on the edge. And somehow you give yourself a pass. Somehow you give yourself a pass. But here's the thing. You can't go seven days. You can't go thirty days without doing some of this behavior, without taking a sneak peek, without going, uh, without lying, without covering your tracks, without um, you know using incognito mode or or deleting your your history. Right? You can't go seven days without doing that because why? Because you are making choices to look at things to get a buzz. You are going to porn behaviors. Might not look like hardcore porn. Might not look like some of the things you used to do. But you're doing it. And you're dependent on it. It's a way that you cope. It's a way that you try to take care of things. It's the way that you manage. It's the way that you give yourself a little reward. And you're addicted to it. You're going to it all the time compulsively. You got a free minute, boom, jump on YouTube, try to watch a sexy vid. You got a, you know, you got a couple minutes on your phone, boom, I'm on Twitter. I'm searching hashtags. Right? You come home on a Friday night, you got a lot of opportunity, all of a sudden, you know no one's around in your house, boom, you're on it, right? You don't have a plan, you're not going you're not you're not t- the reason why you don't have a plan, you don't take this seriously. You don't take this behavior seriously. So these little things that you do that keep tripping you up because it's not that bad, guess what? It's bad. It's, it's, it's causing you problems. And sometimes it leads to bigger relapses. Sometimes it leads to other things. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an area of your life that's not looked at, right? Because you haven't taken it seriously. So that's the third one. So the first one, my wife. My wife, dot, dot, dot. No. I'm single, dot, dot, dot. Not good enough. That's a bad excuse. It's not that bad. Wrong. Wrong. Bad excuse. I'm not buying that excuse. Not buying it. Fourth one. This one is about time. And we did a time episode, I think it was last week. And it's something to do with, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time to read about recovery or I don't have enough time to do some of the exercises that you talk about on the show. I don't have time for coaching. I don't have time for, um, you know, go into a group like uh, an essay group in my area or celebrate recovery. So it doesn't meet on the right night for me. Right. Or I went and it wasn't that great. And so I don't know if it's worth my time. Right. It comes back to time. And it's about how you don't have enough time. Or maybe you're really busy. You're really busy. Uh, and, you know, the next couple of weeks are looking really hard. But in a few weeks, then you can really focus on this. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Guys, we make time for what we want. For what we put as important. Right? I love the Chicago Bears. Now, you guys who are outside of the country, uh, the Bears are an American football team. I love the Bears. I don't miss Bears games. Now, because of TiVo and direct or DVRs and stuff, I can watch a game on delay now. I can watch a game later at night if if I really have something on Sunday like a soccer game for my son or whatever. I can go and be fully present there because I can watch the game later. But I watch every game. I make the time to watch the the Bears. You know, when I first got married, the Bears uh, did pretty good that season, so I watched every game. The next season they did bad, and I remember my newlywed wife. You know, we'd been married—I don't know, maybe twelve months at this point, maybe fourteen months. You know, it's a, it's a September afternoon. It's after church, and I'm planning on watching a game. And she goes, "Matt, the Bears aren't doing very well. Can't we go out to lunch with our friends?" And I said, "Janice, you don't understand." I watch the Bears. And she goes, but they're not doing that good. I didn't say that. I watch the Bears every week, no matter what. I love the Bears, right? (laughs) And so, you know what? She learned. As a new wife, she learned. And she puts it in her calendar now when the Bears are playing. Now, again, as I said, as I've gotten older, I've gotten a little more loose about when I watch it and I can watch things on delay, that type of stuff. I'm not... And I've missed some games. I'll be honest. I've missed a few games. But I make time for what I find is important. And so when a guy starts talking to me about his schedule, when a guy starts talking to me about he can't get to a meeting, he doesn't have time for coaching, he doesn't have time to do X, Y, and Z, he can't, it's really hard for him to make accountability calls. I think it's bullshit. I think it's bullshit. I'm sorry. Your time, you put time into what's important. You know, if if this was the most important thing in your life, you would make time for it. And that gets back to that last excuse where you don't think it's that bad. I think it's bad. You know, in in the in the boiler room, at one point Ben F like asked a rhetorical question: If you were drowning and I threw you a life preserver, would you grab it? The answer is yes. The answer is yes, you'd grab it. But for some reason with this issue, we delay. We kind of procrastinate. We think we can deal with it later. We give in to a binge and then we go, we'll deal with it Monday. And it just doesn't work. I don't buy it. You have the time. All right, here's the next one. And this one, oh man, this one has killed more guys. This is this is this one I've heard. I remember the first time I heard it, but I've heard it so many times, and this is a gem. My job requires me to dot, 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 stop right there. I don't care if it's my job requires me to have an iPad. My job requires me to be online all the time. My job, I work with computers. I'm a programmer. Uh, My job, I do social media. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever it is, it's an excuse. Okay. First of all, if you work for an employer, they don't want you looking at porn. They do not want you using their devices to look at porn. They don't want you wasting your time looking at porn. They don't want you to be looking at porn. So right there, I don't care what job you have, you have a responsibility to not look at porn with <laughs> at your job or even with their devices, with their property. So that's number one. Number two is just because you have to use certain types of devices, just because you have certain responsibilities, that doesn't have anything to do with your recovery. You need to still focus on your recovery. And here's the thing. If it's so bad, if it's so bad that you can't stop from relapsing, then you need another job. And that gets back to how important this is. If this is really important for you, then you'll do what it takes. There's probably guys out there who were sales guys and they were sex addicts and they had to travel a lot. And for them to really recover, they needed to stop going on the road, right? They need to give it up. There's other guys out there, I'm sure. There's guys who probably got into AA, and they worked as bartenders. And at some point, they had to stop bartending. They couldn't be a recovered alcoholic in a bar, okay? So there could be something in your job that you have to let go of. There could be a certain type of job that you have to let go of out there. But I think a lot of you guys, it comes down to you need to make a choice to go towards recovery and you can't use your job or your your corporate iPad as an excuse for not recovering. That's bull. That's bull. You know, and let's face it, computers aren't going away. Devices aren't going away. Now you can restrict your access. You can slip down to a flip, flip phone. You can do some other things to limit your uh, access. And I totally recommend that. I mean, I did it for my recovery. It was really important for me in the first few years. You can do it too. But these things aren't going away. So if your career is a computer programmer, you're going to have to figure out how to recover and do the job of being a computer programmer in a healthy way without looking at porn. And you can either delay and procrastinate and say, I don't have the time to deal with this right now. Or you can give in to the excuse that it's not that bad or something else about your life, your wife doesn't have sex with you, or you're single, blah, blah, blah. You can put that off, but ultimately, your job is to figure out how to do your job without looking at porn. Right? Just because your job is a computer doesn't mean that that gives you license to just be an addict the rest of your life. All right? All right, let's get to the next one. The next one's a little tough to talk about. Why? Why? Because it deals with money. Now, a lot of guys have this idea that they can do recovery and they can get everything they need without spending any money. And I'll just tell you right now, that did not work for me. That did not work for me. The first group I went to for help, I had to pay. And it wasn't that much. I think it was like 300 bucks. But I did it. I paid 300 bucks. Then I saw a series of counselors, including a special sex addiction counselor for uh, a number of sessions, a couple thousand bucks right there. And from there, I did all, all sorts of things in terms of doing groups, doing groups that cost money, doing counseling. Why? Because this issue goes right to your core. It's one of the most important things in your entire life. One of the reasons you're listening to this show is because you've realized that this is an issue that cuts you all the way to the core. that it's about your identity. It's about your confidence. It's about how you relate to people. It's about your sexuality. There's so much power that's involved with this particular addiction and with this particular struggle. And yet, somehow, we want to take the cheap way out. Like, we want bargain recovery. Now, why do you have to pay for certain things in recovery? There's a couple of things. One, if you don't have the resources in your area that are free that you can get the things you need from, then sometimes you need to pay for them. So, here's an example. There's groups, there's uh, groups and churches out there that are great. I'm sure there's a church right now where there's a, a leader who's really committed, really awesome, and he's leading a group every week that you could plug into. And if you went to that group and got to know that guy and partnered with some of those other guys there, you could have incredible results and incredible recovery. The problem is finding that group. Because that group, that group is hard to find. It's not in every church. And what if you're not a church guy? Where do you go, right? And maybe there's an SA group out there. God, there's lots of guys who've been in SA. That's Sexaholics Anonymous or SLA. Maybe there's a group in your area. It's been meeting a long time and the fellowship is great. And there's a lot of guys who have great recovery. And if you could get one of those guys to partner with you and be uh, your, um, what do they call it? Um, uh, your sponsor. If that guy could sponsor you, yeah, maybe you could do it. But a lot of times what it is, is when we come to this thing, we don't have a lot of great resources. There's not a great sex addiction therapist in our area. There's not a guy in our church who really knows how to help us, right? And that's when you have to start investing. And here's the other thing. We value what we put our money into, I'm sure there's things that you've invested in, cars, TVs, computers, whatever. And you you thought a lot about it. You, you looked at all the, uh, the things out there that you could get and you compared them. And then you decided to put your money into it. And when you bought it, you took care of it. It was important. You made it, you know, you, you, did, you weren't risky with it, right? You treated it with value. You esteemed value on it. And it's the same with recovery. When we invest in recovery, whether it's through coaching or taking a program or getting in a group, we value that group more. I could I could launch a free group tomorrow online with people, and I'm telling you, the results would not be as good as if I launched a group that costs money. And you want to know how I know this? Because I ran groups at my church for 11 years, and we charged for every group. And the funny thing is, is we didn't really do it to make money. We did it just to actually, um, to treat the spots because we had limited spots that people could, you know, we didn't have an unlimited amount of spots. We did it to just make some value for those spots. And I remember there would be people who would come in to interview and they'd be, I'd be asking them about how important recovery was to them. And they'd be telling me a story about how this is the most important thing in their life. And how this is they really need to be in this group, blah, blah, blah. And then we get to the cost. And the cost was negligible back then. Jeez, it was like I want to say it was like $150 for the whole year. You know, or it was like $40 for an eight-week group. You know, so we're talking like $5 a meeting. That's how much it was. And there'd be a guy who I would know would have a good job. And he he he. I'd say, do you have any questions? And he'd say, what does the money go for? And I I I think this guy's not ready. This guy's thinking about spending. He he he's he's concerned where his five dollars a week is going. Like he needs to be focused on the marriage he's destroying by his hidden porn use. He needs to be focused on. What he needs to do to recover, he needs to be focused on building healthy, accountable relationships. He needs to focus on being transparent in life, not about where five bucks is going, you know. And and th- that that kind of continues. I still see that now. I know, you know I work. I'm a paid coach, right? So you know, there's guys all the time who are wrestling with investment. Can I invest this much money to do coaching? and you know some of us are are concerned that if we invest we're going to lose our money we're going to we're going to waste our money it's going to be foolish right so so there's some discernment we need to use but the idea that you can do all this for free and never have to pay anything i just think is is foolish because this is such an important issue it's such a hard thing now let's let's say that you're lucky and you have one of those great groups in your area an SA group or a group, a Celebrate Recovery or some group at your church. Even if you're able to deal with this without spending a lot of money, you still might need to go to counseling with your wife to work on disclosure, to work on your marriage, to repair the damage. There might be other things you need to invest in. You might have to get a, a filter for your computer that you pay a subscription for. You might have to do some things differently. You might have to invest money to, to do this. And so when guys start bringing up the money thing, I start really questioning whether they're ready, whether they really want to do this. Because, you know, let's face it. If you put value on this, you'd figure out a way. I, You know, if you really wanted to take, say, one of my courses, and it's a couple hundred bucks, If you couldn't come up with the money, you could ask somebody for help with the money. You could do something else. You could have a garage sale. There's all sorts of things you could do to get a couple hundred bucks to take a course. And I guarantee if you spent time doing some work in the next couple weeks to build up 200 bucks to take a course on how to get out of porn, you're going to put more value on it, right? If you sold something that was valuable to you on eBay so you could take a course to recover from porn, you'd get more value out of that course. So, you know, if you email me and say, hey, can I get a course at a discount? Can I take your course for free? I'm going to say, I don't know. Are you really going to get the value out of it? And I'm not. it's not about me trying to make a ton of profit or be profitable. One time a guy on Reddit was writing about, what a jerk I was because I charge people for coaching or charge people for courses. And you know, luckily, someone else in the Reddit community said, "Hey, I listen to his podcast. His podcast is free. He does it all the time. Like the guy gives a lot. like what do you want?" And you know, it's one of those things. if you're focused on just money and and that's where your value is, or you put value, you put value you put your money where value is. So, if you're not willing to put any money towards this, then I question how much you value it. And that might be tough to hear. Maybe that sounds, maybe maybe I do sound like uh, the guy in Boiler Room. Maybe I sound like a jerk saying that, but I think it's true. All right, I'm going to tell you the last, uh, what I call them, deadly excuse. This is the last excuse. And this one comes in all shapes and sizes, but it's the same one. Matt you don't understand me because I struggle with X, okay? And this can be all sorts of things, fill in the blank. This could be a certain type of fetish that you struggle with, a certain type of pattern you do in your porn. This could be a certain derivation uh, of internet, wait, deprivation is not the right word. A certain um, uh, tangential type of way you act out you might use a different type of software. You might you might engage with real people and chat or do some other type of activity that's kind of porn-like, but it doesn't actually involve porn. Um, here's another one. You know, a lot of times people think of porn as, you know, hardcore porn movies, right? So maybe you're addicted to erotica or stories or whatever it is, right? And um, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, gay porn, or maybe it's porn that um, has a fetish to it, whatever it is. You start prefacing the conversation. And here's what I hear. When you start kind of explaining it and talking about it, what I hear is this, I'm unique. And so whatever you're telling me, Matt, is not totally going to work because I'm unique. I'm dealing with something that no one else has ever really dealt with, that no one understands. And why this is so dangerous, this idea, is when you feel unique, when you feel like your thing is really different, then you don't trust other people. And you don't trust things that have helped other people get free. You think that you're different that somehow you're different that you need to do something differently you're not different you're not different i i a favorite uh marketer that i love his name's dan kennedy nothing to do with porn uh at all but one of his favorite things is when a business owner who's struggling in business comes and tells him dan you don't understand my business is different <laughs> like and he basically you know tears into this idea that every business owner thinks somehow their situation is unique that that they don't have the same problems that other business owners have and and that's what happens when guys get into this unique thinking it doesn't matter what type of porn you struggle with and and I'm not even like I'm not even going to acknowledge the guys out there who keep telling me that what they struggle with isn't porn because they have some definition of what porn is, but their compulsive sexual behavior isn't porn. Whatever it is, whatever porn is to you, okay? What we're talking about here is our feelings. What we're talking about is the patterns. The patterns are the same, and I almost swore. The patterns are the same. I don't care... What unique strain of porn, what unique strain of sexual interest that you have is. The pattern is the same. You get an idea to act out, you compulsively follow a ritual, and you do it. And then you hide it, and there's shame, and you lie, and there's all the patterns that all of us struggle with there's nothing unique there's nothing unique under the sun uh with this podcast everyone everyone who's listening right now there's someone else who struggled exactly with what you're struggling with and if there isn't there's someone out there who's struggled with something similar and they had the same kind of pattern it's it's the same pattern and so What unites us together is that our pattern is really similar and that the feelings are similar. The feelings of shame, the feelings of remorse, the feelings of regret, the relapse, all the patterns are the same. That's why people like listening to this show. Why? Because I talk about my problems, right? I talk about things that have happened to me and it's familiar. It's familiar. So you're not unique. And you might feel unique because you haven't really talked to people because you haven't let other people in, and that's just pride. that's just pride. You're trying to still uh stay alone. and I've seen this I've been in groups with guys who've struggled with all different sorts of things. I've been in groups with guys who uh, struggle with you know gay porn and I've been with groups that struggle with uh, you know heterosexual porn, right? once we start talking about porn and the activities, it doesn't matter what the difference is. It's the same struggle. It's the same struggle, right? And the guys, when you start hearing people talk, you hear, you know what you hear? You hear the commonality. You hear the same types of feelings. You know, I've been in groups where I've been in groups where where there's been really different people, men, women, uh, young people, old people. And I remember hearing a woman once tell a story about how she started writing some erotic literature, right? She started writing some erotic stories. And when she talked about her isolation, her aloneness, when she talked about this compulsion to write this stuff, it sounded just like me. The feeling was the same. Now, I've never done that. I've never written erotic literature, but the feeling was the same. That that isolation, that hopelessness, that compulsion to act out, it was the same. She wasn't unique. You're not unique. So that's it. There's the seven deadly excuses. My wife, dot, 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 not an excuse. I'm single, dot, 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 not an excuse. It's not that bad. No, not an excuse. I don't have enough time. No, nope. don't buy it. Not buying that one. My job requires me to have computers. Eh. Money, I don't want to spend the money. Why should I spend money? What does the money go towards? <laughs> no. And the last one, I'm unique. So that's it. So guys, as I said, this summer we're zeroing in. We're targeting relapse. Go to pornfreeradio.com slash relapse to get access to my free video series. You guys who are struggling with money, go get the free video series. Do that at least. Get the free video series. It's going to be three videos. They're going to be released this week. One one on Wednesday, one on Thursday, one on Friday. So Go get signed up for that uh, for that video series. All right. And if you're interested in coaching, there's still time to start this summer. I still have a summer plan that's available. You can start as soon as July 1st with me. Okay. So that's... Uh, and you can get the information there at pornforradiocom slash coaching, pornforradiocom slash coaching. And uh, we'll talk next week, guys. Uh, have a great holiday. I actually will probably publish the next episode on July 5th, not on July 4th, which is an American holiday. Um, so the next episode will be coming out your way July 5th. And until then, guys, take hope, take action, and don't try to sell me any excuses. Be good. Thanks for listening to Porn Free Radio at PornFreeRadio.com. To work with Matt one-on-one, go to PornFreeRadio.com forward slash coaching and help us get the word out by subscribing to Porn Free Radio in iTunes and leaving a rating and review.